This podcast is a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to find out more. Before we start today's episode, I want to tell you all about the Pat and Mike show, exclusive to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Radio Mike. Uh, one night I just gave you a call. You pick up and you say, three, two, one, chips. <laughs> so the new meme is just like, three, two, one, chips. Which doesn't make any sense. A weekly catch-up between me and producer Pat where we deep dive on some of the topics talked about on the main pod and just often descend into chaos. By jumping on the Patreon, not only are you supporting the little guys, but you're also getting access to some pretty sweet bonus content. Patreon.com slash Radio Mike. We'll see you there. It was pretty obvious uh, what you were about to do. And if I had wanted to stop you, it would have been only too easy. Sylvia, move. Good news, everyone. Don't keep it no dignity when you see it. Onions have legs. <laughs> Welcome to 20th Century Boy. My name is Madeline McCann. And this is my story. No, no, no. No, no. Kill the music. This is the inside of my mind. Welcome to 20th Century Boy, a podcast by me, Radio Mike, not Madeline McCann, but a bit more on that later. Just, just, uh, God, okay, I've, I've screwed up the intro to this episode. If this is your first episode listening, look, I've, admittedly, I've screwed it up and I apologise for that. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, this is 20th Century Boy. It's a podcast about me, Radio Mike, writer and producer from here in Melbourne, just trying to make his way through life. Sometimes it's easier than other times. And this podcast, what is it, Mike? Tell us about it. What's this podcast all about? It's the conversations you wish you were having about the stuff that no one else cares about. All that stuff swirling around your mind while you're trying to sleep, right? Keeps you up at night. The conversations that no one else wants to have with you. That's what this podcast is for right? Weekly, one hour, 45 minutes sometimes. One-sided conversation. You cannot live contribute. You just listen to me talk. We're just hanging out. Hey man, how are you? You can't respond. But you can always get in touch with the show, any of our social channels, radiomikepod at gmail.com, radio.mike on Instagram, Radio Mike YouTube channel. You can call the hotline 1-800-438-353. You can... Get in touch with me anywhere, any way, any way you want. Voice message, text message, whatever, right? I think I'm going to start a new thing on the Patreon that if you are at a certain tier on the Patreon, you just get my phone number and you can just text me anytime. And maybe like I have to reply within two days, which is going to be really hard because my I suck at replying to texts. I'm sorry. Currently, I have 15 unread text messages from people that are my friends fuck, I feel so bad. I'm just like, you know, here's one. Bloody hell. There's just unread. Uh, Sorry, guys. Sorry to all my IRL friends that I just never reply to because I just read your message and I'm like, yeah, I'll deal with that later. Um, But yeah, I'm going to start a thing. We're we're revamping the Patreon soon. Guys, sorry, I'm ranting. This is the worst open of the show ever, especially if you're a new podcast, but welcome. We got a lot on the show today, a lot of stuff to talk about, and uh, I hope you guys had a really good week. Look, I'm going to be honest, I, I've been feeling a little bit burnt out this week. I'm not 100% sure, um, but, and, and it's not, I'm, I'm not worried that it's going to be a big burnout like I've had in the past for people who have listened to this podcast a lot, you know, sometimes. I think every year of this pod, I get burnt out to the point where then I just don't do an episode for like two months. going to try really hard to avoid that this year. So I've actually scheduled time off in the middle of the year. Just feeling like um, 
we had uh, Hamish and Andy, we recorded this week for the first time for the year, for the first episode of the year. So, you know, had a bit of extra stuff in my schedule, which is fine, but I think just getting back into that flow with a bunch of other stuff that I had on, I just started feeling a bit flat, a bit burnt out. And um, I'm just going to monitor that really closely so I don't go off grid or anything, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. I also just felt like sometimes when I'm writing the pod, because I kind of just write the pod on the Monday and Tuesday before I record, but now I'm writing on a Wednesday, like six, I'm recording on a Wednesday, like six hours before this podcast goes out. So I'm running a bit behind this week. Um, But sometimes if I feel like I don't have a super solid idea, like a solid kind of core idea for the show that I can, you know, because sometimes I have little things I want to talk about, but then sometimes I just want to have a core theme, but I found it. I found it today. So I'm all good. But yeah, back with Hamish and Andy this week, which was great. Uh, Remembering Project comes back this year as well for another season. Um, So a bunch of stuff happening and like... The first episode of the year was really funny, so I'm excited for people to hear that soon. Of course, last week on maybe Friday night it was, I went to see Richard Dawkins, a conversation with Richard Dawkins, a scientist, and um, he was talking to an Australian philosopher called Peter Singer. Um, That was really interesting too. And uh, I had some really good seats. Like, it was at the Plenary Theatre here in in Melbourne, and I actually caught up with uh, Patreo Whitey, one of our executive producers of this show. I caught up with him beforehand and uh, yeah, it was it was a really interesting chat about evolution, science, um, the history of evolution, Darwinism and, and, you know, all of those kind of things, which I won't talk about too much on the pod, but it was really interesting. Richard Dawkins is a really interesting guy. Go and read his book, The God Delusion. He also does a book called... Um, the Blind Watchmaker, which I really want to read that as well. And then he also has one called The Selfish Gene, which was his first one. If you're into science and like history of, of humans and history of how we became what we are and how evolution... The, the funny thing about evolution, wasn't going to talk about this, but I've thought about it a lot. I genuinely believe that the children's series Pokemon actually has confused because that was so popular in our generation when evolution was like becoming a big, big accepted thing. I think Pokemon actually confused people on what evolution, the scientific Darwinist evolution theory is because in Pokemon, like, you know, your Charmander evolves into a Charmeleon and it's like a moment that it, it literally evolves into it. It becomes that new species. And then Charmeleon became, becomes a Charizard at a certain point. And I think when a lot of people think evolution, they think of Pokemon evolution, which is which is not what Darwinian evolution is at all. Darwinian evolution, for those who don't know, is when over time, and I'm going to butcher it, over millions of years, it's literally completely random survival of the fittest. The, you know, the, the, the creatures, the individuals of a species that have a certain gene or a certain mutation that happens to survive a particular threat, whether that's natural or predator, right? Because they survived above above individuals of that species that didn't have that gene, they are more likely to pass on their genes, therefore that gene becomes more prominent in the species. And it takes 
eon. Like it takes thousands and thousands of years for evolution to happen. Not like like a lot of Christian fundamentalists think like, oh, we just evolved from apes. So like one day we were apes and then we we weren't, which is not really, that's not how it works at all. Anyway, I always find it funny because I genuinely do think there is a case to be made that Pokemon evolution ruined the general public's perspective of what evolution actually is because the evolution in Pokemon is more akin to metamorphosis which is like literally like a caterpillar going into a cocoon and emerging as a butterfly, right? That's kind of what Pokemon evolution is, but that's not what Darwinian evolution is. Anyway, wasn't going to talk about that, wasn't on the run sheet, but I just think it's a really funny topic. Um, let's just do a quick one of these this week. For the Ryan's that you sent in. A uh, good friend of the show, Radio Dave Lee from the YouTube channel radio uh from the, from the YouTube channel Dave Lee down under. I talked about Phantom of the Opera last week and thankfully Dave Lee has uh given a complete history. He's a he's a film historian essentially. Some great videos on his YouTube channel. Check them out. Sent me a good kind of summation of the entire history of the Phantom of the Opera if anyone's interested. I certainly was. Uh He said, listening to this week's pod, a few notes on Phantom that might help you understand it a little bit more if you're interested still. The original novel, a French book, was released in the early 1900s. It's a sprawling epic that is written beautifully and well worth reading. The secret of the Phantom isn't really revealed until halfway through, and the first half is an incredible pot-boiling thriller, but the last half makes it really clear who slash what he is. Hollywood did their thing and made it into a movie in 1925, and it was the... It was the first iconic universal horror. It's probably one of the most iconic films of all time and you'll recognise a lot of iconography from it. In fact, most pop culture references you'll see from Phantom reference this film, not the novel or the opera. That's interesting. I kind of want to watch that. Um, It is a silent movie though, so depending on how you feel about that, it may not be as easily accessible. Um, Universal remade the film as as a talkie and in Technicolor in 1944. This version isn't great and takes heaps of liberties from the book and basically changes 80% of the story. He goes on. The musical isn't until the 1980s and takes huge liberties on the story, particularly with the Phantom's ambiguity, but it's overall a reasonably faithful telling of the story. Of course, Universal then made the 2004 movie based on the musical. I did watch the movie of Phantom of the Opera as well, which was exactly the same as the musical, just in movie form, which was uh, which was interesting. I just watched the same thing twice, basically. But yeah, that's re- I didn't know that it was based on a book. And honestly, I would have thought like, my whole life, I just would have thought Phantom of the Opera is a musical. That's what it is. I never would have known there was a source material and a history behind it. So that's interesting. Go and check out Dave's channel. He does he does a lot of stuff like what, what I just read out for, like, everything. Like, if you want to know the, how was Bugs Bunny created and what was Bugs Bunny's role over history, which is sometimes really interesting. Dave does these really long videos about them on his YouTube channel that are very fascinating to watch if you're into, like, pop culture and history and stuff. So go check them out. Um, and then, special thanks to Radio Shooter. Long-term listeners of the show will probably remember Radio Shooter as the Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium guy. Uh, for new listeners, just don't worry about it. Like, that's, I'm just not going to explain it. But he was a very big part of the show a few years ago. Uh, he's gotten in touch on the podcast hotline, 1-800-438-353, saying this. Mike, Shooter here. Long time. Uh, haven't touched base in a while. Just um, just thought I'd touch base. A couple of things. Really sorry I couldn't come to the live show of um, 
HP and the B, um, you know, absolutely cracking show um, and very funny. So congrats, mate. Um, you've done well. Second of all, mate, your avatar take. I, I don't agree with everything you say, but holy shit, I was flying the flag with you the entire way. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. So, um, yeah, maybe we can have a beer and hang our, hang our heads in shame because James Cameron really did a number on us. Um, anyway, mate, uh, take care. Cheers. Leave a voicemail anytime, 1-800-438-353, or just leave it in my Instagram DMs. You can record a voicemail. would love to get more voices on the show. Please consider sending a voicemail in with any question, any thoughts. And, of course, Shooter there refers to my completely embarrassing theory that Avatar Way of the Water was going to be a financial flop. Um, it's not. It's one of the highest grossing movies of all time. I've done an apology segment for it. I got ripped to shreds online about it. I paid the price. I'm not ashamed. I made a mistake. Whatever. Like, and Shooter agreed with me. And he doesn't agree with everything I say. He said that. I'd love to know what are the things I say that you don't agree with? Because that makes it sound like I'm saying like really offensive stuff. You're like, look, I don't agree with that part, but that part I do. Anyway, thanks for sending in a voicemail shooter. Glad to see you are still a listener. Okay, so I wanted to start the pod uh, with something kind of, uh, you might not expect what I'm about to say and it might shock you, but I kind of just have to, I have to get this out in the open and I think it's going to, like, this could lead to a lot of publicity for the show, but um, I, need to, I need to say this. Guys, and hear me out, okay? I don't want you to think I'm insane. I think I might be Madeline McCann. Hear me out. I, Madeline McCann, of course, went missing like 20 years ago in Brazil, I think. And um, she's one of the most high-profile missing case, missing person cases. A little girl went missing. And I think I might be her. I have asked my parents a lot for photos of me as a baby and they just kind of get weird and can't show them to me. Um, I ask, I can't rem- My memories of my childhood are really hazy. Like, I cannot remember my childhood. I don't remember, like, starting school. I just don't have memories of a lot of these crucial moments in a child's life. I just, it's very hazy, very vague. I asked my grandma for, like, photos of my mum while she was pregnant. I, she couldn't produce anything, and then she always just tries to change the subject. And I also have this mark on my eye that um, Madeline McCann is also known for having. And I genuinely think I might be Madeline McCann um, and I'm willing to do a DNA test. I, th- I genuinely think, and if I'm not, that's fine, but I genuinely think that I could be Madeline McCann. That's why I wanted to put this out there. Um, to Mr. and Mrs. McCann, if you're listening, I would love to do a DNA test. I think there's a big chance I could be Madeline McCann. So... Yeah, it's um, it's pretty crazy. Okay, but no, seriously, I'm not Madeline McCann. But one of the biggest stories of the week that's so crazy is there's this girl online who basically said exactly what I just said. She thinks she is Madeline McCann for all of the reasons I just said in that video, in that little snippet there. She said, like, my pa- I have no memories of my childhood. I look a lot like Madeline McCann. Admittedly, she does. This is going viral all over the internet. 
a few days ago, my entire TikTok feed was just people talking about this girl. Her memories of her childhood are hazy. There's no pictures of her mum pregnant. There's no evidence of her as a baby with her parents. And like, she has the weird, Madeline McCann has a very identifiable mark in her eye, like in her iris. That's like this weird kind of birthmark under her iris. And that's like her main identifier. And she has it. And she's like, I genuinely think there's a possibility I'm Madeline McCann. Every She's like a Swedish girl. And the other thing that's kind of creepy about it is her, she's 20, I think, no, she's, yeah, she's 21, but Madeline McCann would only be 19. But then she said, I think my parents have just lied about my age. Like, I think that doesn't matter. I think my age is just a lie. And like, it's so interesting to think about, like, and really creepy. Look, I'm going to be honest I seriously doubt that she is actually Madeline McCann. And unfortunately, and it's really sad to think about, but I do think Madeline McCann is not alive. I think that I think that she was my personal theory. And there was a lot of theories for a while that it was actually the parents who some theories say they accidentally killed her on holidays and then covered it up. I don't know. It's all it's pretty crazy. Personally, I think she was and it's really tragic, but I think she was taken and, like, yeah, I think she was killed, taken and killed and maybe used. Anyway, I don't need to say all that stuff, but I, I don't think that she is alive. And I think that's really tragic and I think it's really sad that we'll never probably have a real answer. I'm pretty sure that the police, it, it might have been Croatia, not Br- Brazil. I, don't, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure the Croatian police actually have had someone in custody that they think is the suspect and who was, like, a known pedophile in the area at the time. And they think it's almost certainly him. They just don't have any solid evidence to prosecute. But they think it's, yeah, almost... I think he's in custody for it, but they can't, like, charge him or something. So, some, something along those lines. I do think it's really fascinating that this girl who's like, I didn't know anything about Madeline McCann. Because I remember... Madeline McCann. I must have been like 10 or 11 when it happened and it was the biggest news story in the world. And then I realised it might have been like 2003 or four. Some people listening to this pod might have not even been born then, so you might not even know about Madeline McCann, but it was fucking huge worldwide news that this child just vanished. And I suppose what I find really interesting is just like, I mean, if what this girl is saying is true in the sense that like her memories of her childhood are really vague and her... Um, her parents always change the subject when she talks about her childhood and there's no photos of her mum pregnant and there's something weird about it. Like, why is that? Because, okay, I don't think she's Madeline McCann and the McCann, the parents have agreed to do a DNA test with her to actually just figure it out, which, like, I guess of course you would if there's, like, if, if there's even a chance that it's true, of course you'd want to prove it. But I just think... There's an unexplained story there, unless she's just lying about it all and she's just like, oh, I kind of look... Because I saw some other conspiracies... Not conspiracies, but just some other stories about how she's a, she's a singer and, like, this is a big publicity stunt to boost her profile and career and stuff. I don't know. But, man, it's interesting for it to unfold because I think the weirdest part, and it has happened in time in the world, where people go missing for, like... 20 years, 30 years, and then they just reappear. And they're like, yeah, this is what happened to me. And I just find that really eerie and really creepy to think about. Like, and it's awful that that happens, but, and often the reason they went missing is very, very tragic and sad, but they're still alive. And then they come back and they're like, I am 
your missing child. It's me. And I just think, yeah, I I found this whole thing really interesting and I'm very keen to watch it progress in time. Let me know what you thought. Okay. I am going to say something here that could possibly be the most un-Australian thing I've ever said, another controversial mic take, but I'm going to put it out there. In the news here, uh, Harry Styles, the, our, our, our favourite artist on this show, we have made lots of content uh, based around Harry Styles. I don't know why I'm talking about Harry Styles so much on the pod these days, but here we go. He's in Melbourne and he's gone viral online for taking part in a well-known Aussie tradition. Harry Styles has done a shoey. He's done a shoey on stage, which is this Australian tradition in which you drink a beer out of a shoe. Now, I'm just going to say my opinion on this and you might not like it, but, and I realise this might sound un-Australian, but to me, the shoey is one of the worst reflections of Australian culture in the world I don't understand why anyone would ever want to do a shoey. I'm sorry. Am I missing something here? Am I genuinely missing something? Why would I want to pour a beer into a sweaty shoe that someone has been wearing on their gross as fuck foot, on their gross foot all day, right? Even if it's covered in a sock, I don't care. I don't want to drink a beer out of someone's foot sweat. I don't want to drink a beer mixed with someone's foot sweat. And who knows what other crap on their foot has gotten into that shoe. I don't want to drink a beer out of it. Why, why is this a thing? Why is a shoey a thing? I'm so, I think I would vomit. I, I, if I tried to do a shoey, I'd vomit. And you see it all the time. Oh, fucking Grace Tame's doing a shoey. Ah, oh, Frenchie's doing a shoey. Ah, oh, let's do a shoey. Hey, guys, let's do a shoey. No. I don't want to drink a beer out of a shoe. Is this... Am I Am I alone here? Am I the only person that doesn't want to drink a beer out of a shoe? Like, okay, I'm looking at my shoes right now, my Nike sneakers, and I just... I can feel my sweaty, socky feet in them. And then I'm just like, imagine pouring a shoe... Imagine pouring a beer into this shoe and then drinking it. Disgusting. And then... Next thing is the damage it might do to my shoes. A pair of shoes costs you like $150 these days. If you're getting Nikes, which are the most comfortable shoe, by the way, and then I'm going to pour a beer into it. Would you pour a bottle of water into your shoe? No. And then it's even grosser if it's an old shoe. It's like, oh, I'll just use my old shoes. I went like, well, that's grosser. Anyway, I saw Harry Styles doing a shoey and I just thought, Jesus Christ, why do we get people to do this? Can I please have someone on Team Mikey here who doesn't like shoeies, who doesn't think that shoeies are, are like a really funny thing? Because I even see people doing it. And I'm like, it's not. that's not funny. I'm sorry, but a shoey isn't funny and it's gross. I'm even not fully on board with beer pong. You've got that beer, you've got that table tennis ball in everyone's hands 
landing on the ground in the dirt. You know, everyone's getting their hands on it. You're throwing these table tennis ball. It lands in a beer, and then you have to scull the beer that's had the table tennis. Am I a germaphobe? I'm not. I'm such a messy person, but I just don't want to drink. I don't want to drink a beer out of a shoe or a beer that's had a table tennis ball that like 15 people has touched and it's landed in someone's backyard garden. Let me know if I'm the only one, because if I would love for one person, just one other person who's anti-shoey, call the show. Just call the hotline 1-800-438-353 and say, Mike, first time, long time. I've never called the show before, but I had to say I'm anti-shoey, right? Otherwise, if you're anti-shoey, just send me a beer emoji in my DMs now. That way I can't hold, I can't screenshot it and use it against you to shame you because no one will know what it means. I'll just know. Beer emoji, anti-shoey. If you're anti-shoey, let me know. Because I'm I'm putting my hand up and my foot up with my shoe on it. I'm anti-shoey. 20th Century Boy will be right back. There are plenty of ways you can support this show if you like it. The first of which is heading to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio Mike and giving as little as a dollar a month. That's $12 a year or three coffees a year. Well, actually, maybe a bit less because the price of coffees is going up a lot. Uh, that's not relevant, though. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel for clips from this podcast if you have missed anything, want to see anything again. Or if you don't always get to listen to the full pod but still want to keep up to date with what I'm talking about, the YouTube channel has that there for you. TikTok and Instagram at Radio.Mike. Twitter at It's Radio Mike. Just support us any way you can tweet about the show and while you're listening can you please give the show five stars on spotify that's really the least you could do and i would absolutely love for you to do that thank you what's up it's a minute sorry mike i mean to write you sooner but i just being busy i love your podcast man got a room full of your pictures and your posters anyway hit me up just to chat your biggest fan lemonade Okay, the big story for this week that I just, I cannot believe this. And I just, maybe, maybe I'm getting to the point where, like, I don't know if I'm the problem. Am I the problem? Like Taylor Swift, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I want you guys to tell me if I'm the problem. And maybe the shooey thing applies to this as well. Am I just becoming that white guy with a podcast who's just complaining about everything in the world? Because I admit it, I genuinely do think this is crazy. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm getting out of touch. Maybe I'm like losing touch with reality here. It's possible. Please let me know. Keep me in check, listeners of this show. Because I just saw something that I cannot believe is occurring, right? For a number of reasons. And I saw this on ABC News. Uh, take a listen. Roald Dahl's books are being rewritten. Augustus Gloop from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is no longer fat, but enormous. Mrs. Twit from The Twits has been changed from ugly and beastly to just beastly. The word black has been removed from the description of the terrible tractors in Fantastic Mr. Fox, and references to male and female characters has also been replaced by gender-neutral terms. For example, the Oompa Loompas are now small people instead of small men. References to mental health and race have also been changed. It's all part of a change by the publisher, Puffin, to remove language that seemed to be offensive. They've hired sensitivity readers to make the books more inclusive and accessible critics say the approach risks distorting the work of great authors okay so many thoughts on this am i the only one who actually does think this is a little bit excessive like this is what this is surely one of the i just think for so many reasons i think this is so weird okay first of all like 
can we now, now I'm just becoming that person, like, can we not say this? But like, so you can't, it's offensive now to describe a fictional character that is overweight as fat in a book. Like, is that, because now Augustus Gloop is only described to as enormous, but to me, enormous has a different meaning than fat, depending on how it's framed. And I'm just like, I, and, I, and I get that it's like, okay, we're trying to be a little bit more sensitive and, like, we don't want to offend people who are overweight. But I also don't, like, I, I don't know if it's a problem to encourage children to have healthy lifestyles and healthy diets because there are health issues related to being overweight. I say this as someone who probably currently on the BMI is considered overweight, right? But also... Calling the changing the Oompa Loompas from little men to little people, but the Oompa Loompas are little men. Like you're now like changing the reality of the book. Admittedly, it's a warped reality, but I just don't get how it it changed. Like I, I understand if they're just like linguistic changes, but changing the Oompa Loompas to little men from little people when they are little men. Roald Dahl intended the Oompa Loompas to be little men. Not little, like, why does anybody care? I'm not sure if it's just to be more inclusive to like men, women, and non binary people, but does anyone actually care about the gender identity of the Oompa Loompas? They're not, they don't even have names. Why don't we start by giving the Oompa Loompas individual names? What are they? Are they human beings? Are they, are they a different, spe- I don't understand. Are they a different species? Are they like magical creatures, like elves? It's never even explained. I want an explanation on that before I figure out their gender. Like, surely the Oompa Loompas being little men is not problematic. They're depicted that way in the movies. They're just little men. And then there's a few, there are a few things on this that I find, again, that I find interesting. One is like, what are the ethics of actually going into an author's work who's dead, like posthumously, post-death, sorry, I'm treating people like idiots, changing their art? And I realise that the publisher must own the, like, Roald Dahl estate and therefore they have, like, creative control over the books maybe, but, like, is this, like, are we going to... I remember seeing this thing a few years ago where in Home Alone 2, the movie... Um, Kevin, the main character, Macaulay Culkin's character, has a brief interaction with Donald Trump in one of the hotels he's at. And Donald Trump is in the film as as an actor, I suppose, right? The movie came out in like 2000, 1999. And then people were saying, oh, we should airbrush Donald Trump out of the movie. So he's he was never in the movie. I'm like, why? He was in the movie. Wh- what is that going to achieve? I don't like... I don't like going back and editing things. I don't like that, especially when the when the original artist is dead. It's like, imagine if they were like, hey, we're going to go back to Beethoven's Sixth Symphony. Oh, the one that's like... Yeah, but some people find that offensive, so we're just going to change it to... Like, it doesn't make sense. And I don't like that something you've made can be... like. Even if it was just like, I, I don't know, just anything, any piece of art that an author has created, even if it's like problematic by today's standards, I just don't like the idea that we're going to go into it and just alter it and change it. I, I don't, I just think, why, why? 
especially when the author is dead. And I don't think these changes actually matter. Like, I don't think it's that problematic to refer to. I mean, I listened to the Oompa Loompa song for Augustus Gloop. What do you get when you guzzle down sweets? Eating as much as an elephant eats. What are you at getting terribly fat? What do you think will come of that? Interestingly, like on a more philosophical analysis of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like I think there's a few problems with it in that sense as well because I think a lot of the... Because there's obviously the four other kids aside from Charlie Bucket. So there's Augustus, Veruca Salt, um, the one that turns into the blueberry and the and Mike TV, TV Mike, right? And I think all of them are like an assessment of capitalism, consumerism, um, excessive consumption. Okay, admittedly for Augustus Gloop, it's excessive consumption of food. But that being said, that kid did eat a lot and end up drowning in a chocolate river. Sorry, that's not a very good thing. You know, Mike TV is obsessed with watching TV. He's an ultra consumer. Um, Veruca Salt, I think, is just a super rich girl who's very privileged and very bossy. And then I think the other one, again, I can't remember her name, the blueberry girl, she is like, um, her her mum is really controlling of her and wants her to achieve and achieve and achieve. So it's like all of those themes are being critiqued, like classism, consumer, all of that's being critiqued. And I think they're being critiqued in different ways. And I guess at the end of the movie, it's like, hey, Charlie, you're like the poor kid who has nothing and you still are so patient and respectful and blah, blah, blah. So you you win. You're the one who's the best kid, right? And that's, and that's what it is. It's just some silly little allegory for kids being like, you know, don't be greedy. Don't listen to your parents. Don't, I don't know. Don't be, don't be a dickhead. Don't, don't be... Yeah, don't be greedy. It's like, don't be greedy. And there's various forms of greed being shown in that movie slash book. Haven't read the book. I assume the movie is, you know, closely uh, related, like closely linked to it. But all of that, going back and editing someone else's work once they're, they're dead, like I don't like the idea that in, you know, 50 years they go in and change like, I don't know, I'm struggling to even think of an example. Maybe they go and change, like, the Lion King and one of the lions is, is I don't know, I, I don't, like, I don't even know. But just, you know, what, okay, we can just change, we can just change, the, I just find it interesting. Why? Why do we have to do this? And I even think, like, I find it really interesting as well how Disney handles this by doing their, like, you know, they have a lot of problematic cartoons from, like, the, the 30s, 40s, 50s that have some, like, race racist undertones, sexist undertones. And what Disney does is Disney puts a little disclaimer at the top of their works that are problematic. They go, hey, this was made in a different time and we think differently about this now and we don't agree with this now but you can still watch it. You just have to see this disclaimer. Now, what I find a little bit hypocritical and funny about that is they're still happy to make money off these products as long as they have this disclaimer there. It's like, if you actually if you actually think it's as problematic as it is, why don't you delete it from, from your servers and don't use it as a product on, on Disney Plus as don't use it as something people can watch? Because putting up the disclaimer to me suggests, okay, we know it's wrong, we still want to profit off it, 
So to solve that problem, we're just going to put up this disclaimer that says that we know it's wrong, but we're still going to continue making money from it. I find that a little bit hazy as well, right? The other thing, and this is the, the point I really wanted to lead into, I think that if the biggest problem we have as a society with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is Augustus Gloop being described as fat, I think we're not looking hard enough. Hear me out. Willy Wonka, the character, is actually, when you think about it, a maniacal, sadistic liar who is fully aware of all of the safety standards being breached in his chocolate factory. He is fully aware of the fact that a kid just drowned in his chocolate lake, which cannot be legal even to have a chocolate lake, especially if you're then distributing that chocolate to other people, right? If you're selling that chocolate, someone's going to get sick. Willy Wonka is completely aware of these facts. He is completely aware of his negligence, that his factory has no safety standards, that someone, someone out there from like the consumer authority must be coming to get him, must be coming to put him away for all of this negligence, for a lack of duty of care, you know, for, for all of this stuff. He must, he must be a wanted man by the authorities, knowing of the negligence in his factory. So what does he do? He brings a bunch of kids into his factory, drowns one of them in his chocolate lake, and then he gives his factory at the end of the film to Charlie Bucket, the innocent poor kid. So, and then he disappears. Where did Willy Wonka go? We don't know. It never tells us. He disappears and gives his chocolate factory to Charlie. So Charlie has to inherit all of the legal problems of the company. Willy Wonka is no longer owner of that company because he gives it away to Charlie. So he goes away scot-free, runs away from the law, runs away, escapes, never has anything to do with the chocolate factory again. Charlie starts there his first day. Someone comes knocking on the door and goes, hey, a kid drowned in your chocolate lake and there are you are clearly using slave labour. Who are these men or these people that are dressing up and singing songs? They're clearly slaves. You have a lot to answer for, for the unethical uh, behaviour of your company. And then Charlie's like, well, I, I, this is my first day. It's like, yeah, but you own the company. Yeah, but it was the last guy. Yeah, but you own the company. Willy Wonka, he's on his way to Mexico with the cash. He's out of here. He's not being held to account for any of the stuff he did. And that was his master plan. Get some innocent poor kid and his grandpa into the factory, make them feel special, and then give them the factory thinking they've just won the jackpot when really you've completely fucked them over by giving them all of the legal issues involved with that factory. I looked at a bunch of Roald Dahl's book titles because I thought there was still some work to do in um, changing the names of Roald Dahl books. Um, Of course, he has the classic James and the Giant Peach. I think the peach has been appropriated a little bit by emojis now. We all know a peach kind of is used as an emoji for an arse, right? It's a bit sexual, shouldn't be in a kid's book. So I decided we should just change it to another random uh, emoji, to another random fruit or vegetable, just totally at random. So I thought we could change it to um, James and the Giant Eggplant. 
thought that could be good. Um, of course, there's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Just thought, why not just make it Fantastic Mr. and or Mrs. Fox? So you, it's a bit of a choose your own adventure. You get to choose, right? You get to choose whether it's Mr. Fox, Mrs. Fox, or Mr. or Mi- Mr. and Mrs. Fox. You just get to make that decision yourself while you're reading. Of course, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Chocolate, admittedly, not very good for kids. Factory represents capitalism, consumerism, um, you know, unfair labour. And so I thought to 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 kind of accommodate for all of that, we should go with um, Charlie and the Sustainably Sourced Low-Fat Vegan Yogurt Not-For-Profit. Um, so it's a not-for-profit. It's, so I guess it is a factory, but it's a not, they're not making profit. So it's like, it's totally fine. The BFG... Big Friendly Giant, one of the classics. Thought, obviously, big is now a bit taboo. Friendly, I thought even any adjective really can be taken the wrong way. So I thought we could change it to, um, instead of the BFG, just call it the NSNLOSPH, normal size, normal level of social politeness human. I think that just kind of makes it a bit more well-rounded. Of course, uh, we also have the witches, which is a little bit not gender inclusive. So I just thought I'd do... The witches and wizards and everyone else. But then, of course, witches and wizards does link to Harry Potter, which is also incredibly problematic. So I just thought the witches and wizards and everyone else. And then in brackets on the title, it just says, but not linked to Harry Potter at all, just so you don't have that link. So those are my new proposed titles for um for Roald Dahl books. Let me know what you think. The actor, the original actor of Augustus Gloop, who is now 60-ish years old, um, he actually said... I don't think this chocolate factory story was politically incorrect at all. Uh, it is really fine. I don't have I don't have a feeling like it was cruel or politically incorrect. Performing on the set never made me sad or anything. Really, on the contrary, my point of view is that it's fine, uh, fine with the book and the story. And I definitely don't think it needs to be rewritten. I also think the story is very good too. It shows you bad things and bad behaviors, like that little kids should not watch too much TV and shouldn't eat too much junk food. And it shows you that the good guys who do the right thing, they win at the end. All this, all of these are good things, I think. So why stop children knowing about it? The film was made a long time ago. So maybe it could be that some of the views back then were a little different to things today. Maybe, but basically I think it's a good story and there's nothing harmful about it. I kind of agree. I mean, I really don't think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the most pressing of problems in our modern society. I think it's just a fun kids movie and that's like all it needs to be. Okay, two more things before we wrap today. There is a segment that we used to do on this podcast in season one a long time ago. Don't go back and listen if you're new to the show. Um, It comes out now maybe once a year, but I'd like to bring it back today for something that I saw online. So this segment is called... This is the shittest thing I've seen all week. Featuring me, Radio Mike, the guy from the podcast. Yeah, it does feature me, Radio Mike, the guy from the podcast. Saw this hilarious take... (laughs) <laughs> See, this is now me going after, like, the opposite crowd, right? Um, the Super Mario Bros. movie is coming out. Uh, it's coming out very, very soon. And uh, a few trailers for it have been released, one of which actually features the uh, cast of the movie, like, the, character, the characters in the movie doing Mario Kart uh, on Rainbow Road, 
the 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 well-known Mario Kart racetrack that is you're racing on a rainbow, right? Really fun. I feel like most people who grew up playing Mario Kart 64 on their Nintendo 64 are very aware of Rainbow Road. I saw a tweet from someone and I thought this was just so, so great that someone actually wrote this because it just showed how stupid online discourse is. Just how stupid people are and why you should never take anything you see on the internet seriously. Just just don't do it. Don't take anything you see seriously. Because someone has done a tweet about the racetrack Rainbow Road being featured in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And their tweet reads as follows. Maybe I, 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 I'll just give the context that the, the, the pride flag for LGBTQ people is, is rainbow. <laughs> and this person tweets, disgusting they had to include woke pride flag nonsense. <laughs> that is, I'm sorry, but that is the shittest thing I've seen all week. Because all it shows is this guy clearly just like you're talking about the fucking Super Mario Brothers movie, right? For the for one, two, the fact that you thought that the rainbow track was there to be like a woke si- signifier of the film's, I guess you think underlying political agenda. Which may I put to all of you that. I don't think there is any underlying political agenda to the Super Mario Brothers movie. I genuinely don't think there is. And the fact that you think the Rainbow Road track is that, when it literally is just a reference to Rainbow Road, the beloved Mario Kart racetrack that I believe is featured in every single iteration of Mario Kart. I just think... I just could not believe it when I saw that tweet. I was like, oh my God, how could you have missed the mark this much? Because we love Rainbow Road. Like we, like the fact that you didn't pick up one of the most blatant references to the Mario games in a movie that I'm 150,000% sure will contain copious Easter eggs and references to the fucking Super Mario Bros video game franchise because that's what it's fucking based on. You you didn't pick up the most obvious one that literally you go to any person, any person who grew up in the 90s and you show them that and they go, yeah, that's that's the rainbow. They just say that's the rainbow track from Mario Kart. Like I used to love that. You, you know, I used to be Yoshi and you'd get the red shells and fucking the blue shell. Like, wow. And that's why that is the shittest thing. Shittest thing I've seen all week. Uh, guys, uh, I'm going to be talking on... Uh, we, we've been doing over the last few weeks greatest songs of all time. What is the greatest song ever written? This is a really fun one, um, and it lets me talk a little bit about music about different songs on each episode which I actually really like um so had a few from the TikTok comments uh that I wanted to talk about so so I just wanted to I haven't made an opener for this segment yet but Radio Sophie 
suggested one that I do think is really good, and it's Pink Floyd's Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Shine on you crazy this song and that album is called Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. I find um, Dark Side of the Moon is the most well-known Pink Floyd album, but I can tell you off right now, Maybe objectively, Wish You Were Here is the best Pink Floyd album by far. It is an incredible album and maybe people will dispute that, but Shine On Your Crazy Diamond is actually a nine-part song and I think it ends up going for like 25 minutes once it's all all done. Um, and it's just beautiful. It's so soundscapey. The vocals are great when they come in, but it's largely instrumental. There's a lot of... Um, there's a saxophone that comes in. It's beautiful. That album, incredible. Go and listen to it right now. I don't care. Go and listen to Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Amazing song. Another great song, similar era. And this one comes in from uh, Radio Your Friend, because TikTok usernames are a bit like that. It's Hotel California. that this is a fucking amazing song and like I think both of those songs and a lot of songs that come up in this topic are like big epic long songs that like tell big stories like Hotel California Bohemian Rhapsody Shine On Your Crazy Diamond like they all feel like really big epic saga kind of songs like I don't know and they just kind of capture a moment in time Hotel California is beautiful Radio Grace sent in Seven Nation Army Seven Nation Army by The White Stripes good song and I think that is such an iconic guitar riff or bass riff or whatever it is that love that um but yeah I, I was never I was never huge on it when it was out but I do respect that it's a really good song uh this one's kind of fitting radio avid enjoyer of radiohead <laughs> suggests the song karma police by radiohead karma police Again, another amazing band, another amazing song. And I remember Will Anderson, when I was working with him a lot, who is a big Radiohead fan, he said on one of his podcasts, I think it was um, I think it was Willosophy, um, how that's one of his favourite songs ever. And, I, and he mentioned the lyrics, which are, for a minute there, I lost myself. And I just think Tom York's vocals in that song, the falsetto of Tom York is so beautiful, incredible, and those lyrics are so poignant. Personally, my favourite Radiohead song is Nude, from the album In Rainbows, but I do love Karma Police as well. Um, and finally, Radio Cowboy Frog uh, suggests a very, very great song that I totally agree. Welcome to the Black Parade. Those are some more of your favourite songs of all time. Definitely uh, send in some more. It's been a fun show today. Let's wrap it up with one of these bad boys. If you've got it, press the wrong button. The plug. Okay, this is just where I plug everything I'm doing. Harry Potter and the Boys, great chapter last week. We're getting into the last few chapters of book 
Two, it is my Harry Potter fan fiction that I wrote when I was 13. Go and check it out. It's now the bigger podcast of 20th Century Boy and Harry Potter and the Boys. Mikey D, who I also recorded a Mike Talks with, who should be on, which should be out soon. He was the guest on this week. Of course, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio Mike. We have, I think... A couple of new Patreons, and we are we are back up to seventy Patreons, which is what I like to see. Uh, with Patreon Alexi being our newest Patreon supporter, thank you so much again, guys. There is a lot of really good value content over on the Patreon. The Pat and Mike show, part of me wants the Pat and Mike show to just be a public-facing show, not on Patreon, because it's so much fun, and I think the quality of the show is really good. Um, it's where me and producer Pat just talk about a lot of things, and it's really fun. But yeah, if you're in the Discord, you'll notice that sometimes people write something and then just go, Patreon fans will get it, because there's a lot of inside jokes uh, in there. But there are so there's hours and hours of, of content on the Patreon, and... We're going to be eventually in the next few months, we're going to be lifting the price for the bonus content to the $4.50 tier. So the tip jar tier at $1 will still exist, but um, to get the bonus content, you'll need to be on that higher tier. Would love to get to 100 Patreons. Um, That's 30 more people. If you like this show, even if you can just give uh, $100, sorry, even if you can just give $1 a month, that's $12 a year, which just does go a really long way. Uh, to helping out this show and keeping on growing it. So would really appreciate your support on the Patreon. Of course, the overflow is up now. This week on the overflow, I am, uh, I'm picking a random news article. Uh, this one is about a porn star who had an injury on set, which I thought was interesting and could be funny to talk about. And I also want to talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about why I feel like I've been feeling a bit more burnt out recently. So jump on the Patreon to hear a bit about that. Of course, Mike Listens still exists. That is me uh, doing an, a review of an album every day. It's Mike.Listens on Instagram and on TikTok, and it's on YouTube as well. Uh, this week, I have done... What have I done in the last week? I've done Paramore's Brand New Eyes, a classic. Uh, on request, I've done Tovlo's uh, Dirt Femme. I've done the new Skrillex album, and I've done Lil Yachty's new album, Let's Start Here. Um, all of which are, are things that I wouldn't normally uh, listen to, I guess. So, yeah, go and check out Mike Listens and, yeah, follow all the socials, Radio Mike, radio.mike, pretty much everywhere. Go and subscribe to the YouTube for bite-sized clips of the show. Other than that, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for listening today. My name's been Radio Mike, and this podcast has been the inside of my mind. I'll see you later. That is all for this week's episode of 20th Century Boy, but if you enjoy listening to me speak, you can head to the Patreon right now, patreon.com slash Radio Mike, and get access to this week's episode of the Overflow podcast, an extra 15 minutes you can hear right now, only on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Radio Mike, otherwise I'll see you next week. This podcast was a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to check out all our other content. Stay up to date at radio.mike on Instagram and get in touch. Radiomikepod at gmail.com.